with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if the uh, if the author they have like a um, an author's series, and they have you know different authors come in. Yeah, I do that that circuit as well. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Van Helsing does that too. Yes, I was lucky enough to do a uh, special event at the Newbury Library for mm-hmm. a bunch of teenager girls. Oh, that's so, right. Mm. Did they scream and squeal? Uh, I think Only. the library tr- trustee oh. did that. <laughs> Only when, when you she, walked when in. When she saw the content of my uh, presentation. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so, yeah, so... Shout out to Jeff. I'm, I'm sure he's not listening to us, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. He did a good presentation. And uh, mm-hmm. if anybody out there in Radio Land wants to hear a really entertaining presentation, catch him when he's in your town. He does a okay. lot of lectures. So. There you go. They actually yeah. bumped bump Jeff for me, so I feel honored then. But they bumped Jeff for you? Yeah. Wow. You are important. I am. Impotent? Did you say impotent? No, I said important. Oh, oh, oh. Chose your word. Carefully, young lady. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Anyways, I believe believe we now have our guest on the the line. Oh, great. And he is the author of about 6,000 books, and he's been ghost hunting longer than I've been alive, and that's 108 years, so that tells you something. He is Mr. Richard Sennett. Richard, well, hello. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Hi, Richard. I am doing fine. That's great. Seriously, Richard, how long have you been ghost hunting? I know you get like a thousand books, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had actually 22, but I've written 58. But uh, wow. I have the ones I, I get published. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, seriously, how long have you been ghost hunting? Since 1978. Oh, my, oh my God. Do you, do you realize that most people didn't even know ghosts existed in 1978? <laughs> oh, yeah. When I started, I heard all the jokes. I, uh, you know, you hunt goats, don't you? Ha, ha, hunt goats, funny. You know, it's just, now it's cool. But before oh, yeah. I started, it wasn't. That's right. You You were cool before it was cool to be cool. That's right. That's true. That's very true. Wow. Awesome. So, I mean, Richard, how did you get involved in this? And, and can you tell us a little bit about your background, I mean, as well? Well, my background is I'm Californian, born and bred in the Golden West, the land of golden opportunity. Okay, we, I, will, uh, we, we, we will not hold that against you. I can tell you that right <laughs> now. Yes, that's good. And uh, I managed to survive otherwise, but mm-hmm. uh, I was an archaeologist. That was my oh, cool. uh, goal. I did digs, and I was at a dig in Northern California at an old Spanish mission. And we were staying there with the monks who lived there. Uh, It's still a a monastery. And Mm -hmm. excavating all summer long. And one night I went to the courtyard to walk, uh, to actually go to the kitchen. Uh, It was about 1230 at night. And I saw a monk with a hood and a cowl. And I thought, oh, one of the brothers is up. I'll walk and talk with them. Mm-hmm. So I walked over to him, and bam, he vanished <gasps> in the stare. Nothing there. Damn. Hate and, when that happens. Yeah, we don't you? And I looked out. You know what my first reaction was? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that he had fallen in a hole. 
Oh, no. <laughs> but there was a hole. You know, like you went into some wealth. Bam, we just yeah. there. And there it dawned on me, you know, this must be one of those ghosts they talk about. Uh, that's why I got scared. And I went back to my room. And uh, I asked the monks who lived there, do you see any ghosts around here? And they gave me a litany of them. And uh, <laughs> including uh, Brother Joseph, who walked around at 
after that you started to explore the existence of ghosts or, or mm-hmm. I mean, what was your purpose to, to prove they exist or, or just to share your experiences? Well, to find out what they are, to get their nature. Now, mm-hmm. I had seen the ghosts, so I knew they existed. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't hallucinate this thing uh, because I, it was too visible for too long. It was, I saw it for up to two minutes. Uh, oh, wow. So it was wow. a long, long sighting. And by the way, when I saw it, it looked very real. I mean, it didn't glow. It wasn't transparent. It looked like a guy in a, in a monk's habit. And mm-hmm. when I walked up to it, it still looked real until it just abruptly disappeared. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. You, you know what? That's that's interesting, Richard, is is that most people think, oh, the ghosts are, you know, these shadowy figures and everything. But there are, I bet you there are more reports of uh, ghosts that look like real people uh, than these shadowy things. I know that at Portsmouth Lighthouse, I'm on the, actually I'm the chairman of the board of Portsmouth Lighthouse, Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse, and we have many reports of people who have saw this uh, lighthouse keeper in the daytime walked mm-hmm. up to him, and he just disappeared, and he was as solid as you and I was. So I, I think there's a, a misconception about, you know, the ghosts have to be, like, transparent or shadowy or something. Well, I have been hunting him now for over 30 years, and mm-hmm. my, many of the ghosts I have seen since then are mm-hmm. uh, uh, the same way, solid. But I also right. have also seen ones that are semi-transparent, some mm-hmm. that are shadow-like, some that are looking sort of like mist. So I have seen the full range of uh, what people report. The full spectrum, yeah. Mm. That's, so, I mean, do you have a theory on, on why we do see spirits like that, why we see ghosts that way, sometimes solid, sometimes shadowy, and sometimes well, transparent? I know that's been a real debate among in the paranormal world, but I don't believe we see ghosts at all. I think really? we see them more with our mind than with our eyes. And this oh. might account for why you have three people in a room, and uh, one of the people will see the ghost very clearly. The other one, as a misty shadow, the other one will see absolutely nothing. And mm-hmm. you say, there's a ghost standing right there, and I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it has to do with our abilities mentally as opposed to our actual vision. That might be a reason why ghosts aren't uh, photographed as much, because I don't think that they're being seen in, in reality. They're being seen uh, as, mind's something, eye. as a projection of the mind. Yes. Yeah, in the mind's eye rather than in our, our uh, physical eye. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, you know what's it? Go ahead. Oh, that's a theory. I mean, I'm, right. I'm not saying it, it is the answer to everything. Oh, no, I no, don't no. say I have all the answers. I wish I did. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's interesting? You bring that up because if, if you think of the, the famous, uh, you know, photograph of the lady in brown and uh, the two photographers that were working for town and country at the time, and one of them saw it and said, hey, take a picture. And the other one didn't see it, but took the picture, and she showed up in the picture. So it's kind of interesting that that happened, and it it kind of fits what you were saying in a way. Well, you know, when they did that picture, that very famous picture back in the 30s, the guy who saw it saw something quite clear. I mean, he Mm -hmm. saw the details of the dress, or her; she had no eyes, for instance. 
He right. saw very clearly and described it. And when they took the picture, it's this misty sort of form. So mm-hmm. if it is, I believe, one of the best legitimate ghost photographs that are out there. Mm-hmm. The, those, you know, I love those photographs. I, I find those much more intriguing than any of the ones that we go out looking for and taking pictures of. I mean, these are two guys just working for Town & Country magazine, taking pictures mm-hmm. of a house. They weren't looking for ghosts. They weren't even thinking about ghosts. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, they caught one. Uh, so it's kind of intriguing, that type of a photograph. And it was developed under stringent cares. And these guys were professional photographers. In fact, right. they could very, it wasn't like a flash in the pan. They could mm-hmm. lose a great deal by coming forward. So right. that's what also gives it more credibility to me is that they were just trying to make a name for themselves as ghost photographers. I might say it might have been faked, but they weren't. These are well-established photographers who actually could lose a lot if they were caught faking things. So um, I tend to think it's more real. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, me too. Like I said, I I like those photographs. I mean, it, it, it's difficult now because we have the Internet, and the, and the Internet throws up so much bunk on it okay. that mm-hmm. it, it's difficult to tell us what's real and what's not. And, and Photoshop and everything yeah. else. And what is a legend and what isn't? I mean, I do these ghost tours at the, the fort, and uh, we go through the Sally Port, and, and uh, we always stop the Sally Port, and, and my partner, Jeremy, talks about the history of the set that happened at that fort, and then I take over and I always say, uh, well, of course, we all know where Sally Port uh, got its name, and nobody knows really, of course. And, <laughs> of course, it was named after Sally Port, uh, who is the inventor of the English muffin. And I know this is true. And I know this, and I know this is true because I've read it on the Internet. And it, they finally get it. And, and that's the thing is, that unfortunately, a lot of times uh, somebody will put something up on the Internet, and it could be terribly wrong or a complete fraud. And then someone doing research, uh, you know, being lazy, uh, will just copy that thing. It'll be copied over and over again, and soon that falsity, whether it be intentionally or not, becomes uh, fact. So that's the bad thing about the Internet. So, oh, uh, very much. Yeah. Well, I found, in my case, I've written a number of books, you know, and I people will buy my book and literally steal the stories, maybe rewrite oh, them a little bit. <laughs> maybe use my name, maybe not. Never contact me for permission, even right. though I'd probably give it if they did. But they're so unscrupulous, they uh, uh, think everybody's unscrupulous, and so they they publish my stuff. I'm reading a book, and there's my story. You know that what I really hate? Many times they'll screw the story up. They uh, it oh, no. <laughs> they could at least copy it correctly and tell them exactly what happened. But that's yeah. how it is, you know. You know, what the, these, you know what the irony of that is, Richard? Is that somebody will read that story and then read yours and think yours is wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> that happens so many times. And I've also, I, a friend of mine get a, get a clipping uh, from an English tabloid, and it was my story. Oh, my and God. It was my, it was my thing. I knew nothing about it, you know, and here I am. But how, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to go to England and sue them? I don't have money for that. And um, it's just uh, kind of uh, terrible that I do a lot of original work. I like to do – I don't want to go where everybody else is gone. I don't want to go and mine the same 
uh, uh, played-out mine. I want to go and find new original material if I can. And then to have somebody, you know, essentially rip me off, it's right. just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that. Oh. And, of course, you, you have written 22 books, and so I, that gives them a lot of material to steal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate that that happens, but it does. My uh, newest book is a novel. I decided I would go after writing all this nonfiction and mm-hmm. being accused of being fictional by my detractors, I decided, okay, I'll just write a novel. So I wrote a ghost story, and I used a lot of the real houses I've investigated as a model for the story. And mm-hmm. I actually included real events that have happened to me and my wife and my team. I put them in the book in fictionalized form. And it's about Hollywood, which, of course, I know a great deal about, mm-hmm. and, right. sil- and silent Hollywood, which I know a great deal about that as well. And uh, it's been selling pretty good on Kendall, which is the place I could get it published. Right. And uh, it's uh, called Fade to Fear. And it's about a lady who is uh, house-sitting a mansion with a ghost dad, essentially. Oh, that sounds cool. Nice. Yeah, and that's what it is. And I've been having a lot of fun doing that. I find writing fiction just so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> really? Double check your facts, you know. Right. Uh, and, and you can change things around, which you can't do it in nonfiction. You've got to stick to what really happened. And uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting development in the way the, the ghost hunting world is evolving. Uh, it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of strange. In some ways, it's good, but in some ways, I think it's bad. You know, I think mm-hmm. people watch a TV show that's very popular, and they think that's it. That's how to do ghost hunting. Right. And there's so many elements that they do on TV, mm-hmm. which makes a great show, but it's just not right. It's like a ghost baiting. Have you heard mm-hmm. about that? Right. Ghost yeah. ghost baiting. Yeah, well, they yell at the ghost and oh, demand yeah, yeah, yeah. that they do things. And, yeah. uh, hey, slap my face, ghost. I don't mind afraid of yeah. you. Great TV. I'm yeah. just afraid if those uh, TV ghost hunters ever went into a real haunted house and <laughs> they had real things, they'd be running out the door like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to do that to women, but I found that was a bad idea, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. That's about right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, go ahead. There, there are so many different haunted places. They're not just a few you find on the Internet or in the books. They're, they're rather common. And uh, I have found that if you ask around and you're diplomatic and you're concerned, you can collect stories like you wouldn't believe. And one of the good things that I see happening and what I encourage especially young people to do is go to your town, whatever that town may be, what part of the country it is, and start collecting ghost stories. You know, ask Absolutely. People, and write them down. And if you can, publish them or put them on the net or make a little book you can sell or give right. them to the historical society. Make a dozen copies if you can Xerox them. But get them down so, so they won't be lost. Because, you know, every time an old-timer who's seen a ghost and never had it written down, every time they die, 
that story is those accounts mm. are lost. Right. And, and as a just as a historical gesture, just as something to uh, preserve folklore, even if you don't believe it, goes. <laughs> it was a great uh, boon to the historical record to keep those sorts of stories alive in prints, in storage, in some fashion, where people can maybe a hundred years from now dig them out and say, you know, I saw a ghost in this house, and then they research and say, hey, yeah, somebody back in 2015 or 2013, they saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you'd be surprised how many times I have that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard, it's it's interesting because of the TV shows and everything. It's so popular now, and people want to do it, but they don't want to do the work that's involved in it. You know, the work that, that you and and I've done. I mean, we we go out and we we find these stories, and they just want to go into these places, and that's it. They don't want to do the you know the the work you have to do before all that. Right. Correct. And the and the post work is just as bad. I mean, if you, a lot of these TV shows, they go into a place, they're there at the site three days, they collect some data, and they're on to the next site. Right. In truth, real ghost hunting, I have had places I've investigated for two years. Mm-hmm. And that is awesome. Oh, that is totally awesome. And collecting the data and doing the research, and that's backbreaking work. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people do it as a lark. They want the thrill. Get the flashlight, pretend you know they're ghost hunters, go into the old mansion mm-hmm. and maybe see something or feel something or have something happen or go uh, into a graveyard. You know, it's creepy and dark and cool, cold. And uh, that's all they want. They're just after right. the cheap thrill. And we're not trying to discourage people from getting into ghost hunting because, you know, the more the merrier. I mean, we, as long as they treat it, you know, properly, then, you know, welcome to the field. I mean, I have no problem with that. It's right. just that, unfortunately, some people get in for the wrong reasons. And, and uh, But I, I, there's a lot of good work done by some young groups. But the thing is, you have to do the work. And, and if you don't, you don't care, then go to some of the events they run. You can get the yeah, thrill without so much. Right. Other things you could do, but what I really don't like well, Richard, is... We, we, so, Richard, sorry to interrupt you, but we got to take a, a break right now. This uh, is the beach, which means we're going into break, so uh, can you hold on for us? Sure, sure. Okay, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan Carrigan and Ron Kolick and our special guest, Richard Sennett, right here on Pararex, Tojinet, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tojinet. Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. 
And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest, Richard Sennett. There you go. Right here on Tojanet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. So anyways, Richard, uh, what's what's your thought on the all these gadgets they have? Well, I I am kind of skeptical. I, I accepted a tool, as you call them, um, only after it's proven itself. I've seen so many of these new gadgets that a lot of ghost hunters, they think it's all about the gadgets. Mm-hmm. And some of them I'm very skeptical about, like the Spirit Box and Omnibox. So I've, uh, I don't know, just catching things off the radio waves or something like that. Uh, I'm skeptical about it. And I put some of those things, like the Spirit Box, in the same category as a Ouija board. <laughs> and I've been tempted to go out to some of these sites of what the ghost hunters have the spirit box. I'll take a magic eight ball. <laughs> I think they're about as valid, you know. Is there a ghost here? And then you turn it over, ask again. <laughs> it's, it's that accurate. I am not that... Um, I find a lot of the spirit boxes simply play back what you tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, you say a name and they'll just say it back to you. So I am very skeptical. I am almost the impression that if there is the negative spirits that we hear about with Ouija boards, why couldn't they go up and just do a spirit box and mm-hmm. get you? You could get into a lot of trouble following uh, the words you get off of that. So I don't know. I now maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I'm, I've been wrong before about things, but <laughs> maybe um, they are as a tool of the future. But I just don't see it. I, from the data collected, uh, it's like pulling up straws. And in this kind of stuff, I think maybe they might even be better off with a Ouija board. <laughs> wow. And it's really, you know, it's really interesting that you should say that because yesterday um, on my Facebook, I reposted an article that my friend Kathy Caslin, also known as the Granny, um, she had posted about the o- the uh, Ovalis. Yeah, but that mm-hmm. was done by uh, Boston Para, the, the original article. Well, right. It was just, right. you know, I just wanted to give her credit for sharing it. Um, yeah, okay. But we that... have to give credit to the source, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, I mean, they had an engineer take it apart and look at what was actually on the inside of it, and it was supposed to be, it was supposed to measure EMS, you know, it was supposed to measure temperature, mm-hmm. neither of which it was really set up to do correctly. Hmm. Um, and there's only, you know, it's programmed for like 500 words, and all those 500 words are specifically geared toward someone who would be ghost hunting, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> but, well, yeah. In all fairness, we don't know if if we believe in ghosts, if we believe in spirits, and and if we believe that spirits can manipulate things, then it's very possible they can manipulate these devices. I'm not saying that they do, uh, uh, but it, it's possible. I, I'm open-minded enough to say, okay, uh, maybe they can. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if you believe the spirit can change the white noise in a recorder and put its voice on it, uh, that's manipulation, then mm-hmm. they certainly would be able to manipulate a device of one sort or another. I don't 
particularly uh, agree with all the devices they have. And uh, but who knows what Spirit can do? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. That's mm-hmm. what's so amazing by all all this. Well, there's uh, a lot of questions that are out there. If anybody ever tells you that they have all the answers, well, I'll run the other way because uh, <laughs> nobody has all the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Richard, it's 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 interesting because I mean, here we are in, in the ghost field, and we don't even know what a ghost is in re- in reality. But I mean, you you look at the the theoretical physicists and the, and the experimental physicists, and they're dealing in things that we don't even know exist. And so, I mean, that's all theories for them, and that's basically what we're dealing with theories. I mean, we're, there's nothing yeah. truth about it. It's theories. Uh, you know, truth is in the eye of the beholder, just like beauty. If you believe it, then it's true, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's so much that needs to be done in this field, and I think the proliferation of people getting involved, which I think is a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they're undisciplined and they're kind of chomping on each other's toes, also, another thing that I've found in ghost hunting, which didn't exist a long time ago, maybe you remember this too, uh, a long ago, ghost hunters used to help each other out. And I oh, yeah. knew all the people, like Hans Holzer, you know, D. Yep. Scott Rogo, or Dr. Thelma Moss. We were always working together. Now there's so much backbiting and people calling each other names. It's uh, all about the TV shows, Richard. It's all um, about the TV shows. Yeah, and it's much. about fame or attempts yep. to get fame. Exactly. And I've got to admit, when I did People Magazine, I was the first ghost hunter at People Magazine years ago, <laughs> um, I know what fame was like. For about three months, I was getting the calls from Hollywood <laughs> and the TV shows. I was doing up to 12 radio programs a day. Wow. Uh, it was, and the money came in, and the people, you know, really, I was in the newspapers and all. It's really a heady drink. You drink it, and it's like you feel like you're 100 feet tall, you know? And right. all of a sudden, it's all gone. That's fine. <laughs> it's Goodbye. all gone. It's <laughs> bye-bye. And it, you really get the let down. You try to go out and re-stimulate it because you like the feeling it gave you. But it left, and it's gone. And I now have the point where I'm um, grown up enough that uh, somebody says, you can be on national television my response is, how much do you want to pay me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. when they say nothing, I say, well, lots of luck, find yourself another ghost guy. Right. <laughs> you know, in, in all fairness, uh, you know, you're, you're right on that. It, it's like, oh, I'm going to be on TV. It's exciting. It's thrilling. You know, and be honest with you, uh, you know, places like My Ghost Story, Paranormal Witness, uh, A Haunting, I mean, they've all approached me and I've turned them down, and it's not that, like, oh, I'm so much better than anyone else. It's just that I look at some of the stuff they do with some of the stories and and how dramatic they make them when, you know, they just blow the whole truth out of it. And and some of the stuff they they say is ghosts, uh, you know, you just just don't want to be associated with it. And so uh, that's the end. But somebody will do it. I mean, they'll fly you out there. They'll give you $100. They'll put you up and feed you and send you back the next day. But that's that's your fame for my ghost story and some of those other ones. Well, it's like that so much. I've had so many different encounters. In fact, this is a true story. That's a true story. 
Uh, a guy called me up a few years back. He was making a documentary for Fox Network. Mm-hmm. And he said, do you have any video of a ghost? And I said, no, I don't. I've got the photographs, but no video. I'm sorry. I've tried to take some. I haven't gotten any. And then the guy says to me, well, um, I'll pay you for the video. And I said, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have any video. And I still said, don't have well, it. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't care if it's real or fake. Oh, I'll my God. It. And I just got so um, angered by that. Uh, I said, yeah, you, you take that attitude, you're going to get lots of fake video. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore, so I slammed the phone down. <laughs> Later on, though, wouldn't you know it, they had all the ghost video on tape, on box. Uh, yeah, they had, the, they had the, the tapes, and I thought about half were phony baloney, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. then, you know what they did? They had the bunkers come on. And tear them to shreds, you know. <laughs> said, oh, this is fake because of blank, 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 blank. Oh. And yep. it made the ghost guys look ridiculous. Right. Yep. And um, no, I'm just glad I didn't get involved in that kind of chicanery. In fact, I do very few ghost shows today. And some people I just will not work with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't give you their names because uh, <laughs> I, I don't wish to be sued. But uh, um, for the most part, uh, if a person I think is not worthy, I will not put my name next to theirs in one fashion or another. Now, I have worked with Zach Bagans. I've worked with a number of other people whom I admire or respect, at least. Um, uh, So I do that. But um, I don't know. There's some people... Well, actually, there's no I don't know about it. There's some people where they mention, oh, so-and-so will be on the show with you, I just say, I'm sorry, I won't be there, and hang <laughs> up. And they call me back and offer me a lot of money, I still won't be there. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, it's it's not worth putting or soiling your good name by getting them involved with some of these uh, fly-by-night people. That's, that's a great attitude, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's that. really interesting is um, my co-host from uh, Ghost Chronicles International is uh, Steve Parsons. He's the founder of uh, Parascience in the U.K. and a member mm-hmm. of the London Ghost Club. I don't know if you, are you, do you know him at all? No, I don't know him, but I know what the good work they're doing in Great Britain. And I've yeah. been affiliated with some of the ghost hunting groups there uh, yeah. as well. So I... In fact, I've even been on television in Great Britain. Nice. So, yeah, so uh, dealing with ghosts and such. And I've gone there, and, yeah, the place really is haunted. And, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But I don't know him personally, but he yeah. sounds like the kind of guy who's doing the right thing. Yeah, he's he's very pretty much into, I mean, he, I, he, I call him a, a very much a pessimist, but he he uh, he's definitely uh, on that edge. I mean, they spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours investigating places. They just they just, just did this documentary for the Japanese public television over there. They spent three days strictly scientific investigation of ghosts. Strictly mm-hmm. scientific. No mediums, no nothing than regular instruments, not only ghost gadgets, regular real scientific instruments under control situations. And So, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, it must be a boring show, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's what he's involved in and stuff like that. I mean, and some of that research is really important 
but uh, the amateurs, and, and I, I hate to use that word, I shouldn't say that, uh, the new uh, ghost hunting groups, um, they can definitely get some good evidence if, if they share it and if they're willing to, you know, get uh, get get their work reviewed by peers and so forth. I believe that's the big rub, is so many people are, well, they're, uh, they're reluctant to share their findings. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they get a ghost picture, which I, yeah, they share them with me, let me see them. But most of them are junk. You know, there's a reflections, they're, you know, flashing uh, in a glass window in a dark house, uh, junk like that. So, and, and they go out and they copyright them. They don't, I don't want to put it on the net. Someone will steal it, you know. And mm -hmm. What do they got to do? Put it on a T-shirt, you know, and try to sell it. Uh, <laughs> these pictures just aren't that good. So uh, I want to see people share their data, get together. We need to do more of that in this field. But again, the backbiting, the right. desire for fame, the fortune, you know, people want to make a living out of it. Or good luck with that. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell everyone I tell who wants to get into ghost hunting, Go and get a real job first. <laughs> All <laughs> of the great ghost hunters of the past were independently wealthy. So become independently wealthy first, then hunt ghosts. Second, it's a great hobby, but I can guarantee you if I had to depend on my ghost or even the royalties from my ghost books, uh, I would quickly starve to death. <laughs> I would become a ghost if I tried that. There's and then the idea is if you make it your livelihood, like the TV guys do, mm -hmm. uh, what happens when the show is canceled? Right, uh, right. What, what are you going to fall back on? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, Hans Holzer was a professor of psychology. He wasn't just right. a ghost hunter. And plus, mm -hmm. he was a lot of other things as well. Right. Uh, so uh, you've got to look for other ways. It makes a great hobby but it doesn't right. make a great occupation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, I mean, we, we talked a lot about the ghost field and everything, so let, let's talk a little bit about some of your experiences in the field and in these 30 years of, of ghost hunting. I mean, uh, there, are there, there's got to be a couple that really stand out in your mind. Uh, you you want to share them with us? Oh, yeah, there's so many like that. In fact, it's really kind of hard to to pick and choose which ones would be the most uh, 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 exciting or exotic. Um, okay, there's a house up in uh, Ojai, California, now owned by a movie star. It was built back in 1950 in a big adobe building done in the Marsh style. lady was going to buy it. She moved in, and she started to get all these weird things happening. So she called me up. I brought a team out there. And she was planning to turn it's a big place, mansion. She was planning to turn it into a, a home for disturbed young people who are re rehabilitating from drug, drug abuse. Oh. And, and um, I got in there. We had a whole team. We investigated. We didn't have much happen. We were about to leave where the psychic I had with me went nuts. <laughs> she just started to, I see a ghost standing there. I saw nothing. And she <laughs> ran after it. I followed her because I'm the ghost guy, right? Two <laughs> right. of my people followed me, and we got into this big ballroom. It's a big place. And the psychic says to me, the ghost is in there. You go first. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Well, I have a flashlight. That's it. That's all I have. And then I go into the room that's huge. It's like two stories tall. It's a chandelier. Uh, oh, you know, wow. Just, just really huge place. Uh, all done in the Spanish style. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around. I hit the flashlight. And then not only that, the flashlight batteries are dying. Oh, so no. It's dim and flickering. And I finally, the hair went up on the back of my neck, and I saw a woman going away from me down the hall. And right behind me came the psychic and the rest of my people. There were nine of them. And the psychic would say, there she is, pointing right there. And the ghost was kind of neat. She was wearing a a 19th century dress, uh, or turn of the century, more like about 1915 era. And then she stopped and stood there, turned around and looked at us. And this is one of the first times it ever happened to me. She became slowly transparent, and then till she was nothing there. She and faded she didn't away. Flash out. And I was just looking at her. And we were all worried. I remember that my uh, team, one of them, was saying, "Oh my God! Oh my God!" The other was going, "Do you see it? Do you see it?" And then immediately when she vanished, I ran down that hallway. Oh, by the way, interesting thing: the flashlight it started to work better. After she vanished. Uh-huh. So it worked more effectively. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go down there, no projectors, no uh, equipment to have caused it, no mirrors, no reflections, nothing. And then I got my witnesses together, and I said, okay, everyone separate. And I gave them a piece of paper, and I asked them to write the description of what they saw, what it did, and draw a little picture. Great idea. And, and of the nine people, five were Spot on. I wow. mean, there were just everything down to the flounce on the skirt and the sleeves to the uh, all that. One was slightly off. Only one was uh, kind of a little bit different, but they were all pretty much the same. And that was one of the, the best cases that I ever had uh, happen up at that old mansion. That's wow. awesome. I think the interesting thing about it is that everybody saw it. That I mean, to me. That's the really cool thing about it. Uh, wow, yeah. So now EVPs. Are you? You mentioned. Um, oh God, I just I can't think of his name again. Uh, Rogar or Rogo? What's his name is? Uh, Rogo. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, is do you believe in EVPs and and are they an important part of your investigative uh, work? I I do believe in EVP. I didn't because it's just so damn easy to fake it. I mean, nobody's around, dark haunted house, get out, just whisper something. Mm-hmm. But I so I just discounted it for years, and now that I've had it happen to me quite by accident, because I use tape recorders a lot, you know, uh, uh, little tiny tape recorders to collect yeah. stories, you know, depositions of people who see a ghost. See, I found when people have a ghost sighting, they talk really fast. They get all excited, you know. They're waving their hands. I saw the ghost. Oh, oh, oh. I tried to like write it down by hand. I couldn't right. do it. So a reporter friend of mine said, "Just get a little tape recorder, tape it, and then you can listen to it and mm-hmm. you know get the uh, account directly from the witness." So I brought along tape recorders, and I found them quite handy. But I also found that the tape recorded interviews are absolutely worthless unless you transcribe them. They're just putting them <laughs> on the tape, 
means you quickly get a little uh, drawer full of tape. <laughs> that right. doesn't help you. But to to really write about it or something, you have to to um, um, transcribe it. So I used to pawn that off on some friends of mine, but there you go. they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it very much. No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's boring, backbreaking work. So I interviewed a house in this little town that had a ghost man in it. Very bizarre sighting of a ghost with nails driven into his eyes. Oh. Uh, yeah, so he was uh, the thing, a horrible fan of me. I guess they caught him as a peeping Tom or something. I don't know what they did. But I think I was able to, to trace the story down to a lynching. And um, so they may have taken out their abuse song in that way. Well, yeah. I, was inter- I was interviewing the witness in the house. I was taping her message. And I had developed a list of questions about the ghost. And um, one of the questions was, do you know the name of the ghost? And so I'm, I'm in there with my list, asking the questions, taping them. I asked the lady, do you know the name of the ghost? And she says, nothing. She says, she's thinking, no, I don't. Okay, later on, I'm transcribing it. I've got the little tape recorder with a pause button. I've got the computer. I'm typing a few lines, listening, typing a few lines, listening, mm-hmm. turning it on and off. I finally, I get to that part where I ask the question, you know, the name of the ghost. And then right after that is a third voice. It's not me. It's not her. It's a male voice saying, Christopher. Oh, my God. <laughs> I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I rewind. And I listen to it over and over and over again. But and I thought, well, maybe it's a radio broadcast, a bleed through. From some other recording, because I was using tapes over and over back then. Right. And um, nope. I just I, I couldn't I couldn't account for that. I mean, how come that I got the name at exactly at the right place while I asked the question? Imagine I mean, that. yeah. Why did they say now we're going to play Elvis or something like that? Right. If it was a radio broadcast, That's true. Um, or Elvis or something like that. But no, Christopher and. Um, so it's that that made me stand up and take notice. And I've used EVPs a lot. In fact, one I EVP seances that I've done, I mm-hmm. taped them, and I've gotten some remarkable stuff on uh, those tapes. Stuff that couldn't be accounted for by the people in the room, such as in one house that had been used as a home for unwed mothers, I actually got crying babies. Oh. Which is, oh, wow. Which is spooky as all get out, but there were no children there mm-hmm. to account for it. Right. So you go, um, what in the world is this? And um, so I've gotten some EVP, and most of them are very short. Some of them are very mysterious. They don't mm-hmm. answer all your questions. One of the weirdest ones was at the old hotel in Santa Paula. A lot of movie stars stayed there called the Glen Tavern. Uh, 1911 house, and um, I was in there, and I was doing experiments in a room, and I had a tape recorder going, and right in the middle of the tape, I was the only one with a key, there was nobody else there, came another voice on the tape saying, you will die. (laughs) And I'm thinking, first, what is this, threats from the spirit world? uh, No, it's a statement of fact, I will die someday. Not I hope, but, uh, <laughs> it's, but. Uh, uh, so 
So I do believe that EVP can do something, but this is my caveat. I do not accept EVP that has been manipulated, that has no, okay. been slowed up or speeded up or, uh, or uh, played around with. Because mm -hmm. I can tell you this, I could get a cough and turn it into Lincoln's Gettysburg Address <laughs> if I want to manipulate it, you know. Right. Oh, score, score, score. You know, it's not going uh, to. So I believe that. I only accept type A. I don't okay. even bother with type B. And I just throw point. out all type C. And how do you tell type A? Well, you play it for someone who wasn't there. And you say, can you tell me what that says? And if they say, I can't make it out, type C, I throw it out. But if they say, oh, yeah, that says Christopher's, or that's a, that's a crying baby, or hey, right. that says you will die, that's type A. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff on the ghost shows, that's junk I would toss out. That's questionable <laughs> at best. So, yeah. But I do believe in EVP. Mm -hmm. And I know we're running just about out of time now, is is uh, I noticed you mentioned seances before. So, I mean, do you believe in the old methods as well, or, or at least think they're worth investigating, like the seance, like dowsing, like uh, the Ouija board, for instance? Yes, I do. I believe that. In fact, I once did a study. I had a, a haunted site, an old hotel, a lot of ghosts in it, and I invited a team to come who were all scientific. They had just mm -hmm. the tools and equipment. Then I had another team come as well that were all metaphysicians. These are pendulum dowsing, medium yep. psychics, you know, the whole bit. Uh, uh, there, spirit writers, the whole kaboom. In fact, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny because uh, the, the technical people arrived early. They were earlier <laughs> there. Of course. They always do. And they have their equipment, their little bags and stuff. And uh, then later, about 15 minutes late, came the metaphysicians. <laughs> they always come late. <laughs> in fact, the, the madam came in with her crew, and she said, why did you bring those geeks along? <laughs> <laughs> and then later, I went over to the uh, uh, scientific guys, and they said, why in the world did you invite those freaks to come in? <laughs> <laughs> so I now have names for them. I have the geeks versus the, the freaks. freaks. Um, and there you go. We, we let them loose to see how much data they could collect. And you know what was so funny? They actually worked well together. Excellent. You know, I thought one of the psychics are going to a hall. I feel a woman standing here. That one of the, the technical guys would go over and they, with their equipment, they'd start to get readings. And they'd oh. go, oh, yeah. And then actually they find at the end of the evening, they were kind of uh, teaming up. Uh, and they were managed to together collect all sorts of data. Oh, and that nice? So, so what I think is tossing out one side or the other is wrong. So okay. if you just take the metaphysicians, I think you're, you're chasing chimeras, you're wrong. If you just use the scientists, you're going to be uh, wrong as well. So mm -hmm. um, I think blending the two can be helpful, but like all of it, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Right. I mean, so, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, we had the bell about two minutes ago. The pizza from the dead is here, which means the show is over. So, we we just got to say goodbye to you. Uh, last minute, your your website is, is Richard Senate Ghost Hunter. Ghost Facebook. Hunter. All yeah, right. And uh, go on Amazon, Kindle, and get Day to Fear, my newest novel about ghosts of the 
Hollywood. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much. You've been an thank awesome guest. Right. We, we really appreciate it. We actually had other stuff we were going to run on the show, and we just canceled it because uh, I enjoyed talking <laughs> with you. So, anyways, thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thank Good you. night. Bye. Okay, anytime. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God, he's a good guest. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yep. Yep. Sorry, Ian. Yeah, we'll get that uh, cemetery trip in next week. All right. That's fine. Good night, right. everybody. Good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.